You're listening to the Abiding Word Podcast, and I'm Pastor Sam Johnson from Abiding Word Lutheran Church in Bowling Green, Ohio. We're a confessional Lutheran church, part of the Evangelical Lutheran Synod. Join us every week and learn about the mysteries of God as revealed to us in His Holy Word, the Bible. Our sermon text is written in Numbers chapter 6, beginning with the 22nd verse. The Lord told Moses to speak to Aaron and to his sons and to tell them to bless the Israelites with these words. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. In this way, they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. And we pray. These are your words, Holy Father. Sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Words are powerful. For example, the words that we speak can bring great healing. We can praise others and thank them for what they do. We can build others up and encourage them in the faith. However, words can also be used in an evil way to bring great destruction and ruin. If just normal human words have so much strength for good or evil, then think about how much more power God's words have. When God blesses you, He's not just talking about nice things. They're not empty words. His words actually impart to you exactly what he says. In the words of our sermon text, we have a blessing from God. And a very interesting thing about this blessing is that the word Lord is repeated three times. This is because the God who blesses us with his words is the triune God. The Bible is very clear that God is one. As we hear in Deuteronomy, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And yet, in this divine essence are three distinct, separate persons. There's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father is unbegotten, or born of none, The Son is not created, and yet he is eternally begotten of the Father, and the Holy Ghost always proceeds from the Father and the Son. An illustration that helps us understand how God can be three in one is a clover. A clover typically has three leaves, and yet it's only one clover. In a similar way, God has three persons, and yet he is only one God. We can think of neat pictures to help explain the Holy Trinity, but the truth remains that we can't even come close to comprehending our great three-in-one God. We believe what the Bible says about God, of course. We recite the Athanasian Creed every year that's full of really big words to describe the Lord but do we really understand the Trinity? No, it's impossible. It's only in faith that we believe 
this mystery. Today, the Holy Trinity blesses you with his words. Through this blessing, you are assured that God the Father keeps you. God the Son is gracious to you. And God the Holy Spirit gives you peace. God gave the words of this blessing to Moses, who in turn shared it with Aaron and his sons. Aaron was the first high priest of the Jews. We call this blessing the Aaronic blessing, since Aaron would use it to bless God's people. This blessing has three parts. Each part starts with a reference to the name of God, or the Lord. The first Lord is God the Father. He is your creator and preserver. He blesses you in providing everything that you physically and spiritually need. For instance, he created your body. The prophet Malachi says, Don't we all have one Father? Hasn't one God created us? A strong tendency that many have today is to dismiss the work of God the Father. For instance, instead of seeing life in the womb as a gift of God, some see it as a choice. God the Father also provides everything we need in life, including our clothing. But it's so easy to forget that. It's all too easy to think that everything you have is because of how hard you work. It's so easy to see the physical things in front of us without recognizing that every single thing that we have is a gift from God the Father. It's easy to recognize the physical. It's harder to see the spiritual. Martin Luther summarized the Father's work in the first article. I believe that God has made me and all creatures that he has given me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason, and all my senses, and still preserves them. That he richly and daily provides me with food and clothing, home and family, property and goods, and all that I need to support this body and life. That he protects me from all danger, guards and keeps me from all evil, and all this purely, out of fatherly, divine goodness and mercy, without any merit or worthiness in me. For all which I am in duty bound to thank and praise, to serve and obey him. This is most certainly true. The Father is the one who keeps us. He blesses us physically in providing for our body and spiritually in providing for our soul. We needed God the Father to provide for our soul because we're sinners. God created us to be perfect, but Adam and Eve sinned, bringing sin and death to all. By nature, we are enemies of God, and therefore it's impossible to approach the Heavenly Father. We're sinners who are unthankful for everything that the Father does for us. And God punishes those who sin. We deserve that God would turn his face away from us and keep it hidden. And that would be a terrible position 
for any of us to find ourselves. But in his mercy, God the Father is gracious to us poor sinners through God the Son. The Son is the second Lord in this blessing. God the Son, the second person of the Trinity, assumed a perfect human nature in the womb of the Virgin Mary. He is eternally begotten of the Father and also was born in time. He entered this world, not in divine glory and majesty, but in complete humility. As true man, he then suffered and died. Even though you deserve the worst, Jesus showed the greatest love for you. He took your punishment. He gave his life for you, expecting nothing back and without demanding anything in return. As true God, his holy life and death counts for you. That's true grace. That's true love. And as true God, Jesus rose again from the dead. It is through faith in Christ that we truly have God's blessing. Through Christ, God's face is no longer hidden away from us in wrath, but instead is like a sun that shines upon us and lights our way. God turned away his face from Jesus upon the cross so that his face can shine upon us. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? When you repent and turn from your sin, look to Jesus. His divine light shines upon you and fills you up. His light erases all the dirt of your sin and all of your guilt. You receive all of what Jesus won for you when you hear these words in faith. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The final Lord is the Holy Spirit. Another name for the Holy Spirit, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, is the Comforter. He's the one who gives us peace. Just as Jesus entered the world in humility, the Holy Spirit's presence is also very humble. The way that he comes to us is through the means of grace, which is the word and sacraments. He created faith in your heart when you were baptized. Baptism doesn't look like very much, with just some words and a little water. But every baptized child of God is a miracle. The Holy Spirit continues to strengthen that faith, created through baptism with the proclamation of the word at church and the reading of the Bible at home. This morning, the Holy Spirit also strengthens your faith when you receive the Lord's Supper. The Comforter gives you the full assurance that whatever you face in life, the battle is won. You are rescued from the curse of sin that Adam and Eve brought into the world. In Christ, the devil cannot harm you. In death, you have peace in knowing that even now, death is just asleep. By his death and resurrection, Christ has taken the sting out of death, and you have eternal life in heaven. 
That's the peace the Holy Spirit gives to you. You have God's favor. You have peace in knowing that God is extremely pleased and happy with you. He smiles upon you. You have peace in knowing that your sins are forgiven, which really is the most important thing that you need. The final thing that we will consider about this blessing is that through these words, God puts his name on you. There's another time and place where that happened, which is at your baptism. You were baptized into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This is so important. Your sin isn't what defines you. How hard you work isn't what defines you either. Or if you're married or not. Or if you're young or old. First and foremost, before anything else, your identity is found in God's name. Your identity is a baptized child of the triune God. That's what you are. So when the devil comes and causes you to doubt if you're really forgiven, remember your true identity. You're a baptized child of God. As the culture around us continues to become farther away from God, people will continue to lose their identity. The farther away people get from God, the more they will embrace horrible sins like abortion, homosexuality, and transgenderism. The world is confused, and the Bible gives clarity. God the Father created us. He made you, either man or woman, and he created marriage as a lifelong union between one man and one woman. He is the source of life. He owns life, not us. He also sent his son to die for you. And the Holy Spirit creates faith in your Savior. Through his holy words, the triune God is the one who gives you identity and your life meaning. Words are powerful. If our own words can have such a profound effect upon others, for good or evil, think about God's words. Today, God blesses you through these divine words, and his words do what he says they do. Through the ironic blessing, you are assured that God the Father keeps you. He is your creator and preserver. God the Son is gracious to you in that he bought you back with his own blood. And God the Holy Spirit gives you peace. He sanctifies you by creating and sustaining faith in your heart. That's your identity. Your creator, redeemer, and sanctifier has put his name on you and blesses you. Amen.